Ninth Story Studios, giving story a voice. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. Do you like me and my lift? Please tell me by writing a short review of the show in iTunes and leaving me some gold stars. It helps others to find their way here too. I like gold stars. Can I have lots? Pretty please? Leave me stars and reviews at itunes.victoriaslift.com Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode Number 5 of The Lift. Before we get to the story, as always, a huge thank you to our Patreon and other supporters. Your support helps keep the show coming. Without your support, we really couldn't afford to keep making the show. A lot of time and a lot of money goes into making The Lift, and we rely fully on our Patreon supporters to make the show a sustainable thing. Your support allows us to continue to collaborate with others and keep making the show you love. Plus, once we hit certain goals, we can cover all of our costs and afford to make more than one episode a month. Help us get there, won't you? Victoria wants to share more stories with you. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Victoria's Lift. Victoria does need your help to keep the lift running. And again, she has more stories she wants to tell you. Lastly, a big thank you to those who took the time to rate the show five stars and write nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews really do help others find the show, and of course, we love knowing what makes the show special to you. We also love hearing from you on Twitter, at Victoria's Lift. Today, we have a story by one of your favorite returning authors, the very talented K.B. Goddard. Her story for this show, last season, The Lost Library, was a 2017 Parsec Award finalist for Best Speculative Fiction Story. And her story, Shadows, which appeared over at the Wicked Library, won the Best Speculative Fiction Story for 2017. She's a great writer. Of course, the best way to let her know that you like her work is to pick up her novella, The Girl with the Roses. It's written in the Victorian style. It's a great read. You can purchase it at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones, and Barnes & Noble online. Miss Goddard will also have a story in our upcoming written anthology set in the world of the lift. That's right. We have a book coming out. The anthology is currently being edited And we expect to have it available for all of you before Christmas. So get ready. It'll contain nine stories, because of course it would. The stories are all new and about two to three times longer than the stories you normally hear here. The anthology will also have custom illustrations and a cover by the amazingly talented Jeanette Andromeda. You can also expect some great extras, like excerpts from Victoria's Father's Journal, and schematics for things like Victoria's Music Box, The Lift, and more. We even have sheet music for the theme song and our closing theme. We're very excited to share these special stories with you and hope you'll be anxiously anticipating the book. As with every episode of The Lift, we commission a custom score to bring the story to life. Today's custom score is written by our resident composer, the very talented Nico Vitese. Now, without further ado... Since I know you've all been waiting for the lift to arrive, let's enjoy a story so relevant today on so many levels, one that reminds us it's never a good idea to feed the trolls, 
but it's worse to be one. so much. My name is Victoria. I am bound to this place, charged with guiding those who must choose. Don't be afraid. I can never again be the little girl I was. Will you accept your fate or change it? I have my music box and a library lost, but I sometimes feel very alone. Won't you join me? It's time for your ride on the lift. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't Feed the Trolls by K.B. Goddard Johnny grinned in smug satisfaction as he hit enter on the keyboard. He felt powerful. The buzz was incredible. Right now, his barbed comment was spiraling out across the internet like a whip, about to sting its recipient. Each logical and reasoned response sliced through with another penetrating crack. He liked it best when they tried to fight back. Each time they tried to stand up for themselves, he beat them back down again, stripping away another piece of their dignity each time. It was their own fault. Everyone knew the rule. It was the first rule of the digital world. Don't feed the trolls. And Johnny was the king of the trolls. Still, they kept feeding him, his gluttonous ego insatiable for their humiliation. He heard it said that some trolls were doing it because they were bullied themselves, that they were desperately unhappy. Overwhelmed by intense feelings of powerlessness, they were driven to seek that power in the digital world instead. That was probably true for many, but not Johnny. That's what set him apart. That's what made him the king. He wasn't sad. He didn't feel powerless. No more than any other average person. He was just genuinely excited by the pain of others. To anyone who saw him in the street, he would appear as an ordinary guy, going about his life like everyone else. They had no clue the power he held. He was the king. He was a shadow, a faceless voice in a digital world. And everyone knows you can't fight a shadow. He turned off his laptop and stretched himself. It was time to put on his real-world persona and go meet his friend Greg at the coffee shop. He stood in the corner outside the flat and pushed the button to call the lift. Still basking in his triumph, he wasn't paying attention as he got into the lift. It wasn't until the doors closed that he realized something was wrong. This wasn't the way the lift usually looked. The cold, modern metal sheets and handrails were gone. This looked old-fashioned and weird. Was this the building management's way of trying to give the flats a bit of class? He sneered. If so, 
had failed miserably. This wasn't retro elegance. This was just old and tired and in need of a clean. That didn't make sense either way. He had been in the lift yesterday, and it was its usual modern, grotty self then. They couldn't have done all this since yesterday without him noticing. He frowned. He was about to look for the button to open the door when the lift hummed to life. What the hell? He thought. He hadn't even selected his floor yet. He heard the whirling and clanking of machinery and felt the sensation of movement. Then the doors opened. Beyond the door, it seemed strangely dark, save for a dim green glow. Suddenly, the voice of a child, a little girl, chimed out. Second floor, you have reached your destination. Was the kid's voice supposed to be a cute novelty? He rolled his eyes so hard it was almost audible. Second floor, you have reached your destination, repeated the voice. Please exit the lift. I'm trying to exit the building, you stupid brat. Am I supposed to go out the window? Don't tempt me, Johnny. I said exit the lift. Now move it, mister. He stumbled backwards. Hey, quit messing around, kid. Who is that? Just a voice in the shadows. He edged out of the lift slowly, half expecting the kid to have set up some practical joke. Hey, what's going on? Why is it so dark in here? Did you pull a stunt with the electric? The response that came from the gloom gave him a momentary shiver. Darkness makes you feel powerful, doesn't it? In the darkness, the dim green glow drifted towards him. And as it came close to him, he saw that it came from a box. A box carried in the hands of a little girl. The child was dressed in a weird, old-fashioned purple dress. She glared at him. He felt like he was inside an old horror movie. Who are you? What the hell is that thing? He demanded, pointing at the box. I am Victoria, and this is my music box. She cranked the handle on the side of the box, and it began to play a tune. In the Hall of the Mountain King, excellent choice. Always knew the right thing to play, she said to the box. Was this kid for real? Where am I anyway? I don't recognize this part of the building. That's because it isn't part of your building, she said, as though he was missing the blindingly obvious. What are you talking about? This is a special place. It calls to those with choices to make. Sometimes it offers people a second chance. She paused. Even when they don't deserve it, Johnny. Look, kid, I have no idea what you're on about, but I want to know how the hell you know my name. You'd be surprised by the things I know. Like what? That you fancy yourself king. King of the trolls. You enjoy the pain of others, don't you, Johnny? Huh? You're going to ask me how I know again, aren't you? Don't you think that's a rather obvious question? Please don't be obvious, Johnny. It's such a bore. If you're going to speak, Please try not to be a bore. I'm guessing you don't approve. Whatever gave you that idea? Just a hunch. Well, we can't stand around all day. Follow me. Listen, kid, I'm not going anywhere with you. I strongly advise you do as I tell you. Oh, really? And why the hell would I want to do that? Because you're in my domain now. And you don't want to see what real power is. She said, thrusting out her chin. 
Something was oddly menacing in the child's features. A sudden conviction overcame him that this was no ordinary child. He didn't like it. This way! She turned about and strolled purposely into the darkness. He followed blindly in every sense of the term. Up ahead, he saw the dull green glow moving steadily forward. It occurred to him that the child did not move as though she walked through the same darkness. Could it be that the darkness had come only for him? It was a bizarre idea, but one he couldn't shake. The light stopped moving, and he heard the girl's voice say, Here we are. Here we are where? Our first stop. She reached out, and light flooded the corridor as she opened a door. He blinked for a few moments as his eyes adjusted to the return of light. Beyond the door, he saw a bedroom. A young woman sat on the bed looking at her phone. The light from the screen reflected on tear-stained cheeks. Do you know who she is? Asked Victoria. No. Why should I? Victoria glared at him. You don't know her. You know nothing about her. And yet, only today, you threatened her and abused her and used words, uh, well, ones I can't repeat. And all just because she spoke out about something she believed in. She watched his face as recognition took hold. In the bedroom, they saw the girl drop the phone and throw herself down on the bed, crying into her pillow. Victoria continued to watch him as he took in the scene. If she hoped to find remorse or compassion, then she was going to be disappointed. Her face clouded over. Johnny's face was an expressionless blank. Don't you ever feel guilty? He sneered. Are you quite sure this is the way you'd like to proceed? Johnny sneered again and then rolled his eyes and blew air through his lips dismissively. Victoria slammed the door closed with such force that Johnny jumped back. He was plunged back into darkness. This way. She stomped off down the corridor again. This time, Johnny followed without protest. Obviously, this was some kind of crazy dream. The child stopped abruptly, reached out, and opened another door. A room lay beyond, filled with the same sinister green light that emanated from the box. In you go, she said, shoving him hard in the small of his back. He stumbled forward into the room, and the girl closed the door, then leant casually against the wall, playing with her music box. He's all yours, she said to the ether. He had no idea who she was talking to, but he didn't like the sound of it. I did warn you, Johnny. I never understand why some people refuse to listen. He felt the shadows stir. There was a movement behind him, followed by a sudden searing pain across his back. He fell to his knees from the force of the blow. With a loud curse, he turned to see what had hit him. It came again. This time he saw the whip unfurling and striking him across the face, slicing open his cheek, narrowly missing his eye. He tried to get to his feet, but it came after him afresh. He tried and failed to grab the whip from his unseen assailant, but his hands clutched at nothing but air. The blows from the whip stung, yet the weapon 
was nothing more substantial than a shadow. And everyone knows you can't fight a shadow. Then came the voices, accusing, resentful, spiteful, angry voices. Each blow from the whip was punctuated by them. You made me feel lovely. Crack. hit hard, each crack slicing his skin and rending away pieces of flesh. He crawled back towards the door, his grasping hand leaving bloody trails on the handle. But the handle wouldn't turn. Enough, called the girl. The sting isn't so much fun, is it? When the blows are aimed at you. It isn't the same thing, he spat. You crazy? No, Johnny, it isn't the same thing. People can't see the scars you leave, she said, thrusting her face towards him. Have you no remorse? He stared at her in defiant silence. Still, you don't see. The child gritted her teeth, and for a moment, he thought she was going to bite him. Something was distinctly unchildlike about this child. He had a momentary impression of wearied old age beneath the youthful exterior. Why do something so vile? What's in it for you? He roared and shook with laughter, stopping only to wince as the pain from his wound shot through him. The child recoiled. Because I like it. I can change the way people feel, the way they think, with a few strokes on a keyboard and they don't even know who I am. I'm like a ghost. Is there any greater power? <laughs> Trust me, you don't want to find out. But you could use your power for good. Don't be so naive. The world isn't a good place. The good get stamped on. The most powerful get there by climbing over the weak. The good. The only way to get power in this world is to take it away from others. Do you really believe that? Yes, because it's the truth. One man's power is another man's weakness. I would like to say I pity you. He ignored her. Maybe they like it, really. They let me take that power. They keep coming back for more, comment after comment. They just keep on feeding themselves to the trolls. They are trying to reason with you. Then they're wasting their time, just like you. Every comment they make makes me stronger. They choose to feed me. You remind me so much of my brother. I'm touched. <laughs> it wasn't a compliment. You too have a choice, Johnny. Spare me the do-gooder routine. I chose my path a long time ago. She stared at him for a moment. He could see that she was thinking. He said nothing, his own thoughts consumed by sickening pain from his raw and oozing wounds. He wiped away the blood rolling down from his brow and threatening to drip into his eyes. The child's face flickered as though a sudden idea had struck her. Victoria came forward, her face set with a hardened expression, the last trace of childhood innocence gone from it now. She approached him slowly. Bending forward, she looked into his face, holding up her music box so that its green glow shone directly into his eyes. She studied his eyes like a doctor checking his responses. Her expression grew sad. Ah, uh, no so. Now I see. 
The sadness in her features gave way to determination. She strode across to the far end of the room. You can go now, Johnny, but first you must make a choice. An eerie green light sprang into life, illuminating two doors. One marked trolls, and the other compassion. You can choose this door, or you can choose this door. But choose wisely. He eyed the girl suspiciously, expecting a trap. No trap, she said in response to the unspoken thought. It's up to you now. He gave her one last sneer before scrambling to his feet, fighting through the pain and moving past her to the door marked Trolls. As he passed her, she moved away with a look of disgust. He glanced back as he went through the door and saw her looking down. She announced with a small sigh, <sighs> Nearly got blood on my favorite dress. Then the door slammed shut and Victoria was gone. Johnny was in the dark, still. He cursed the child under his breath. He soon became aware that he wasn't alone, however. He could hear shuffling noises closing in. Something touched him. Then there was screaming that was coming from him. Teeth bit into his torn flesh. Unseen hands grabbed his limbs and tore at him, pulling them from their sockets. Pain, pain, pain without pleasure. Then nothing. On the other side of the door, the little girl turned the handle of her music box until the sound of screaming had stopped. Uh, poor Johnny, she sighed. Seems he chose to feed himself to the trolls. She shrugged and skipped away, clutching her precious music box. <laughs> <laughs>